<laughs> I wish we were sitting in the same chair. Don't don't pay attention to the screen. This is a one chair household. <laughs> Shpoppin' everybody. I'm Welcome Jacob. Welcome to Curdles and Duds. <laughs> oh, I, did it, I did it backwards. It's been a while. Hello. This is um, host's intro podcast D- title. Duds and Kernels. Narns and Bobo. My name is JT. <laughs> I bet you didn't know this podcast still existed. Uh, rip to everybody in JT's uh, internship program that's now listening to this podcast. I'm sorry you had to put yourself through oh, this. Wait, no, 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 none of them. Are. None of them are listening. Yeah. Uh, when you said they listened to the other ones, uh, a little, a couple people did. Well, hello, um, y'all. Maybe a couple people listen to this one. Also, the Chick Fil A homies. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All seven of those regular listeners. Yeah, and that German guy. Yeah, the German guy's still holding on strong, actually. He's a strong listener. Guten Tag. <laughs> Anyways, Dune. Dune is a movie. Dune came out three months ago, and now we're talking about it. <laughs> it took us a while to dissect it, okay? We have a good excuse. Both of our computers have just stopped being computers, but luckily mine's been a computer for a solid week straight now. Yeah. So, and mine's done for sure. It doesn't it have, like, a bulge? Yeah, like, it's swelling in the middle of the keyboard, and, like, there's a... You know, it's it's you questionable. Need to push the F key. Will it like it's a plug? <laughs> I don't know. That's I haven't turned it on since it started bulging. Cool. I'm not trying to give my laptop an erection lasting more than four hours, dude. Um, but yeah. So my laptop's dead. JT's laptop is uh, functioning sort of. It's kind of on life support. We're making it work. But we are gonna try our best to record this. Um, I don't know if it's recording right now, honestly, because your laptop's so laggy that like it's updating every like 30 seconds with yeah, all we'll the shit. Yeah, we'll see at the end of this if it actually recorded it or not. So fingers <laughs> crossed. Oh god, Anyways, okay. Anyways, we've been super busy. We've had non-functioning laptops, but we're back. And we hope that one of you is rich enough to donate us a lot of money. Anybody had a laptop? My Venmo <laughs> is a... <laughs> Alright, so Dune. Dune. Sand. Dune. Spice. Oscar Isaac. That ghostly form also known as Timothy <laughs> Skeletor is <laughs> out there starring Skeletor <laughs> MJ and Oscar Isaac <laughs> close enough alright let's dive right in let's go in the far future Duke Leto of House of Trades, ruler of the ocean planet Kaladan is assigned by Emperor Car- Emperor Carino to replace House Harkonnen as the fief rulers of Arrakis hello Luna Luna, our third podcast host is here. What are your thoughts on Dune? Fucking exquisite. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. So well articulated. Arrakis is a harsh desert planet that is the only source of spice, a valuable substance that bestows its users with heightened vitality. Vitality? (laughs) Vitality and expanded consciousness. It is also critical for interstellar traveler interstellar traveler okay (laughs) (laughs) and is also it's critical for Gulliver's travels and it allows the space guild to be able to navigate in a limited capacity yeah so somehow some creole in there yeah bro throw a little bit of garlic herb seasoning in that bitch what's the Um, spice (laughs) so I don't know what's the spice (laughs) (laughs) this movie just I don't know if we've yet that really basically is good to dig into but like background information about who the main characters are mm-hmm. what they're doing a little bit of political background yeah but well, to be even more specific oh. with the political background um in reality this is actually 
kind of a bit of a ruse by the emperor to throw this on House Atreides. Yeah. Make them a big target in everyone else's exactly, eyes. Exactly, yeah. Because he's jealous of, of Duke Leto. Yeah, because uh, Atreides, apparently, like, we find out later that House Atreides, which is, like, the main house people that we're following, have, like, the best... Power, but they easily could do it so the Emperor if they is wanted. scared. Yeah, so it's like a preemptive strike. To do that, yeah. yeah. Basically, uh, Leto is apprehensive, but sees the political advantages of collecting the spies from the planet and forming an alliance with its native population, who are skilled fighters known as the Fremen. The Fremen? But he also sees, like, how this could be an issue for yeah. his, for the Atreus family as a whole. Mm-hmm. Puts a big target on their back, for sure. It's kind of cool. I like how a lot of the characters in this movie, they're all very, uh, I don't know what a good word is for it, maybe, like, stilted. Mm-hmm. Like, on purpose, though. Like, it's not that the performances are bad, it's that the way these characters are written, they're all very, like... Stiff? Yeah, like, powdered wig, parliamentarian mm-hmm. types. And so... And in the future. Yeah. And so, like, but even so, you can see that, like, they're all recognizing, like, the moves that are being made. It's very, like, Game of Thronesy. Yeah, but you have to, like, go through with... You have to, like, realize it's being done to you and... Mm-hmm. And go along with, with it, it. yeah. Because, <laughs> like, there's even that big ceremony where they, like, turn over Arrakis to the Atreides' house. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, kind of oh, like, why okay. are we fucking doing yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's a little background to set up the movie. So, uh, Leto's concubine, Lady Jessica, is an acolyte of the Bene Gesserit, an an exclusive sisterhood whose members possessed advanced physical and mental abilities. Like, evil mind control nuns, basically. Yeah, they use this thing called the voice. Yeah. It's kind of (laughs) dope. It is pretty sick. Basically, they, like, tap into this. It's kind of like a mind trick from Mm -hmm. Star Wars, only cooler, because instead of just, like, the person repeating what you want them to do, they, like, speak in this different voice and it like people just do whatever they tell them to yeah and then so far we haven't seen any limitations on like who the voice works on except for the Bene Gesserit themselves so right. you can use it on anybody except for a Bene Gesserit yeah anyways uh the Bene Gesserit uh have instructed as part of their century-long breeding program to reach their basically messiah They've instructed Jessica to have a daughter whose son will go on to become this messiah or the Hatterach. However, uh, which would be their messiah figure, messianic figure, a super being with clairvoyance necessary to guide humanity into a better future. Instead, she has a son and it's Paul. Fucking Paul. Yeah, because she actually like falls in love with Leto for some reason. <laughs> Dumb bitch. Who wouldn't fall in love with Oscar Isaac? Bro, he's actually a sexy man. And with the beard? Bro, he's spice, honestly. But yeah, so it fucks up their plans. They're mad about it. (laughs) Uh, But throughout his life, Paul is trained by Leto's assistant aides, Duncan Idaho, Gurney, and someone else. (laughs) While Jessica trains (laughs) Wait, what do you mean someone else? What's the fucking name? Duncan Idaho, Mintat Tafir Hawat. Yeah, that guy with the beard. Oh, well, yeah. Jessica trains Paul to be a Benny Jesuit disciple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so this is oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. I was gonna say there's this really cool scene. So I guess we'll get more into this later. But yeah. I think this movie is really good at uh, the way they layer their scenes. Like every scene that you watch, there's a lot of stuff going on. So there's here it talks about how like Jessica is teaching Paul to be part of the Benny Jesuit. Um. There's a scene where they're having breakfast, and 
it's a pretty short scene and it's just the two characters like talking having breakfast but it introduces a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you learn that like Paul's learning to use the voice you get to see him try to use it you get to see kind of its effects psychologically on, on people yeah. um, you learn that like they're being given this new world and that there's a ceremony over it and so like you learn that maybe like this political life that they're living has a lot of stuff they have to do that necessarily or like that isn't completely necessary you know like a big ceremony for something that's going to happen anyways I mean, it sounds like a lot of political stuff today yeah oh, true odd. um but it's just cool because you're getting you're getting like dumped exposition for a lot of this movie because a there's a lot they have to tell you of this movie is nothing happening yeah but because yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of like backstory and world building they have to shoehorn in and i think they do a really good job of each scene even though it like is deceptively simple on the outside Very telling slow. you a lot it's it tells slow, you so much about the world slow, like skillfully i guess yeah like Maybe it's it just there's so many things happening in every scene that if you go back and watch it's like a new piece of the world you can take out of like almost every scene and i think it's a really really good like really well well written type of thing sorry right. i can't so, talk go ahead <laughs> paul combines in jessica and duncan who is actually one of his friends about his troubled visions of the future and then it goes to the scene that you were just talking about uh oh. the reverend mother gaius helen mohiman visits and suggest Paul to do a deadly test that assesses his impulse control, which he passes, basically to see his potential to be, like, the leader of House Atreus. Also, his potential to be their... Their messiah their person. Messiah, yeah. basically. It's just one small test. It's not, like, the test, but... Mm. Um, basically, she instructs house the house patriarch... Uh, House Patriarch Baron Vladimir Harkonnen to square to spare Paul and Jessica during his coup, which he is planning right now. So basically, the Bene Gesserit is aware of basically the underlying plan that's going on. But hey, mm-hmm. spare Paul and Jessica, and we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. All right. So House Atreus then arrives on Harkonnen, the Fortress Heart, the Fortress Hartshold. Uh, Arrakis, sorry, reading is hard. Yeah, um, well, some of these names are fucking weird, yeah, too. and the advanced party have been learning about the planet and the Fremen. Leto negotiates with the Fremen with planetologist and imperial judge Dr. Lee Kynes. Kynes, com- Kynes informs Leto, Paul, and Halleck of the dangers of spice harvesting, including giant sandworms which travel under the desert. During a flight, they spot a sandworm approaching a crew of active heist harvesters with a stranded, who are stranded in the middle of the desert. Leto and his team rescue the workers moments before the sandworm swallows it. Paul's exposure to the spice-laden air triggers an intense premonition. Yeah. That's a lot of the movie right there. That's, That's a good a 45 big... minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, you don't get the full effect when you're just like reading the thing, you know? But, like I said... This movie is a lot of people just walking and talking. True. Yeah, but it's not... This might be a... it is boring. This might be a hot take. Yeah. This movie is, like, what the Star Wars prequels wanted to be. Kind of, yeah. Because they've got that very, like, old-style... And there's a lot of political stuff going on. There's a lot of, like, you know, political games and power moves being made. And there's also, like you said, just a lot of people, like, being in rooms, walking to other rooms talking about shit. Yeah, like I was saying, it was boring, but in 
a good yeah. way. Like, it needs to be boring. Like, it's just a really slow-paced movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because that was the thing, because I was not familiar with Dune, like, at all before we watched this. Um, but, like, you know, after watching it and looking at some other reviews and stuff, um, you learn that, like, there's a lot to oh, this no. world. Mm-hmm. Like, these books are dense. There's so much that you have to know to understand, like, what's happening in the story. Mm-hmm. And so, like... <laughs> The thing is, is they could have made it way more boring, you know? Like, they could have put more exposition and more world and four-and-a-half-hour movie of just nothing happening <laughs> so yeah. that we understand the backstory. But, you know, they trimmed it down as much as they could, and I think that it flows about as good as it possibly could, you know? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about these scenes real quick, especially, like, this is a big chunk of the movie where they set out an advance guard to go see what's going on in the form of Duncan Idaho and a few other troops they come back and at the beginning Paul has a desire to go with them and be active and part of it but they're like yeah you'll be here in a few weeks anyway there's no point in risking you on this trip and basically you learn more about the Fremen and their leader and Dr. Leah Kynes who are all going to be big players more specifically in like the last part of the film and the third act hmm um, and you get to see them go out on like a spice harvesting mission and save those people which is a really intense scene like the the fight not fight but like the action scene like you, the action you, you get something to break up the monotony yeah, where they save the crew and Paul is about to get sucked up by the sandworm because he's hanging to see what's going on around mm-hmm. him but and Gurney has to go save him saved at the end by Gurney or Thanos or whatever you want to call him <laughs> Cable yeah what do you think of this, those scenes? Anything cool? Anything stand out to you? I think that they, like, problems with Shang-Chi is that, like, every ten minutes there was, like, eight flashbacks, and I was like, please stop. So, like, this movie with the vision things, I think sometimes it runs the risk of being a little bit too repetitive, too, but a decent job of, like, adding new things to the visions every time he has them. Because, like, the first dream you just see, he, like, just sees Zendaya... And then, like, the, the second time when, like, they're out with the sandworm, yeah. it's, like, they're, like, close, and they kiss, and I think she stabs him, mm-hmm. and he, like, drops down like he actually got hurt. So, like, I feel like they did a good job of, like, layering the visions so that yeah. each time, like, you need to pay attention. It's not just, like, a, oh, here's the same scene again. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about your Shang-Chi takes. <laughs> it's Sorry. such a good movie. I don't uh, think, okay, I, whatever. Anyways, listen to the Shang-Chi episode. Curtains and Duds. Check us out. Check us out, bro. We're on all the podcast <laughs> platforms. We have you an Instagram for some reason. podcast on an episode of your own podcast? I mean, it's probably not the best advertising because everybody that was going to listen is already listening. Listen to Colonels and Duds. We need to plug our podcast on other people's podcasts. Hey, anybody got a podcast I can hop on? <laughs> what? You're a mogul. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm a podcast mogul. Yeah. JT, is, <laughs> JT will soon be having some other projects. They're in the works right now, so oh, I yeah. won't get too into detail. But Ooh, No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> He's leaving me behind. He's on the greener pastures. No. No, sir, no. There's no greener pasture than this one. <laughs> Anyways, after an attempt on Paul's life by a Harkonnen agent, Leto places his soldiers on high alert. The doctor, you, <laughs> you, you, why you, e h you. Yeah, that's how they say it in the movie, right? Yeah, you? sure. 
disables Arcanin shields and allows the Harkonnen and Sardaukar 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 troops to yeah. overwhelm the Atreides forces. Because well, the Sardaukar are like the the Emperor's mm-hmm. fucking like like the I don't even know what to call it. I don't have a good. They're basically like elite soldiers. Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, during this, you incapacitates Leto and tells him to make a deal. To the, uh, that he made a deal to deliver him to the Baron in exchange for his captive wife. Yeah. You places. Oh well, let's talk about that. Real quick. Okay. So, to me, this is one part where the movie kind of fails a little bit because you, as a character, he obviously just this is set up to be like a betrayal. Oh my god, I can't believe this guy would do that. But I don't give a shit about this dude. Yeah. Like he has like three lines before he Both, like, <laughs> because like twice. there's that scene that it just talked about where like somebody sends like a little bug to try and kill Paul and mm-hmm. he ends up stopping it. It's like, well, this guy's nice, but then like five minutes later he betrays. Like it doesn't land. No, this one I think you're right. I think they were already cramming. I think. I mean, I understand they have a lot yeah. to put into this. They movie. were coming so much in. I feel like whenever they got to it's my wife, like we get it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the thing is, like calling, like using his wife as the reason is kind of cliche. You know, mm-hmm. like that's an easy thing. Like oh, you really have to make us give a shit about that person that's like doing the bad thing because then it's like oh, you know, I can't believe they did that, but I get it and I feel for them, but I don't like them, whatever. He's just there. Like, he just fucking... He just does it. <laughs> like, you don't... And like, okay. Yep. I've seen this man twice. I don't give a shit. Right, yeah. No, I think you're 100% right about that. Although, I will say the tension leading up to the scene where, like, Duke is just, like, walking through the palace and, like, he can tell something's wrong, but nothing's... Yeah, it, and he finds the dead. It, yeah, yeah, like, it's it's definitely... Like, they do a really good job of building up the... The tension, and then also like the camera work, I think is just really good. That's something the editing, we haven't talked about it all. Like the camera work, the whole like world, worlds, yeah, that they inhabit. Is they look incredible. insanely. It good. looks beautiful. It's shot beautifully, and also it just feels like an actual place. It feels mm-hmm. real. <laughs> well, and it feels huge too. Like well, uh, it is huge. I think who are we watching this is Cosmonaut I think that talked about it sure. it was like the sense of scale in the movie is really good it's massive yeah. because like there's all these huge machines but you know like if there was just a still shot of some machine in a in a desert you wouldn't understand it it's like the sand crawler in Star Wars right like you don't understand how big it is until you see Luke and his uncle shopping at it and you're like oh that thing's fucking huge yeah. and this movie has a really good sense of that where like there's always a person. There's a good sense of scale. For yeah, me. there's a person near the thing all the time to, like, show you the, like, oh, this shit is huge. That sandworm is fucking massive. Like, and, uh, you, you, uh, shows a little bit of maybe he's still on their side a little bit. He's just doing this for his wife because he replaces one of Leto's teeth with a poisonous gas capsule, poisonous gas, and kill everyone around it. Uh, so you delivers the Duke to... Or Leto to the Duke and is immediately killed. <laughs> kind of funny. The Baron's court. However, the Baron does survive. Well, because he like hits his shield. Oh, we didn't talk about the shields. Mm-mm. Go ahead. Well, oh, I mean, I guess it's not a huge deal, but like it's another one of those things where they they work it into the story really, really well. Because mm-hmm. you see, Gurney has to train, and like Gurney knows what they're up against, and like world building, blah blah, whatever. But in that scene, you also. And uh, it's like a little personal shield wall. 
and you can't get through it if the thing that is going at the shield is fast so, like you have to slowly like push weapons in through the shield and able to Baron Harkonnen um, the Baron like activates his shield and it kind of protects him from the poison just enough that he doesn't die yeah which is pretty cool so moving on after this uh, Duncan Idaho escapes and steals an ornithopter uh, the Harkonnens capture Paul and Jessica and take them into the desert to die Paul and Jessica overpower and kill their captors using the Ben and Jessica skill of the voice basically verbally manipulating them into doing whatever they want and for, find a survival kit left for them by Yua Paul and Jessica spend the night in a tent and Paul experiences visions of a holy war spreading across the universe in his name so that sounds really small but actually this is a huge battle scene Yeah, where you see Duncan Idaho taking out tons of people you see Josh Brolin's character taking out tons of people it's massive <laughs> yeah well and you get to see that like the Atreides guys can fight because they've been building up like these uh the Emperor the Emperor's troops really big and then like uh Gurney talks about how it's so hard to fight against the the Harkonnens too mm-hmm. you're like they're not people they're animals and they whatever but you get to see that like even when they're ambushed and they're on the back foot they really hold their own well mm-hmm. and like the elites still make it out you know so like yeah cause you, like all of the main characters mm-hmm. make it out of this like Gurney uh, Duncan Idaho Paul Jessica all of them make it through besides the Duke obviously mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, the Baron hands over command of the art of nephew Raban and orders him to sell spice reserves and restart production to recover the cost of the coup. Paul and Jessica are found by Duncan or whatever. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. we haven't really talked too much about her either. She's not really that present until now. Until, yeah. Like, you see her a little bit, and she does some exposition, and you learn that she's Fremen, I think, but... Yeah, and they head to an old research station for a Dukar. Sardaukar. Sardaukar. <laughs> yep. That's a big 30 minutes. That's... They, uh, they go to that place, and Paul's trying to make a plan with... I just thought I forgot her name. Kynes. Kynes and Duncan. Yeah, with Kynes and Duncan about, like, what they can do, how they can get out of it. And uh, Paul, like, comes up with this idea to maybe, like, the Emperor's Daughters, I think it was, Mm -hmm. and to, like, make himself Emperor eventually. And so, like, they're all kind of telling him that that's a crazy plan, but also he's the main character, so (laughs) probably, yeah. Show up. Duncan and various Fremen fight and sacrifice themselves to allow Jessica. Paul gets in his ambush by the Sardaukar troops, so she lures a sandworm that devours them and herself. Paul and Jessica teach, uh, reach the deep desert and meet a Fremen girl named, uh, meet the Fremen where they find Stiglar, the, like, chief of the tribe, and mm-hmm. Ch- the girl from his visions, also known as Zendaya. Yeah. Let's go. Zendaya. <laughs> Any movie She's in this Zendaya? movie for ten minutes. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, the leader of the Fremen tribe, we actually met him earlier when mm-hmm. the Duke first came, so, yep. like... He's met Paul before. He knows that, like, the Atreides were going to be good to them, and then the Harkonnens came back to fuck it yeah, up. Yeah, so he kind of is, like, willing yeah. to take them in. But there's another guy there that's, like, not cool with it. Yep, that guy's name is Jameis, and uh, he wants to protect themselves. And basically, he's like, no, you can't come. Mm. And Paul fights You can't him sit with us. To, for the right. <laughs> you can't sit here, bro. <laughs> Paul fights him for the right to be able to stay with them and ends up... 
in a pretty and against Jessica's wishes, Paul insists on joining the Fremen to fulfill his father's goal of bringing peace to Arrakis. Oh, he also promises to make Arrakis into like a paradise. Right, and uh, before, like if he's the emperor, that's the whole movie. Yeah. So, definitely stripped down from the actual movie. What are you? Sure. What's some thoughts? What's some of your thoughts? Um, I just want to get more of your takes. I've been talking a lot while you've been doing the reading, so your turn. What do you think? This movie is good. Uh, no. Like I was saying, the pacing is slow, but not like... And it is boring, but not boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be that way, because like you were saying, it has to set up a lot of background stuff. And as you learn during the opening credits of this movie, which no one knew beforehand, this is only part one. So there's going to mm. be more to the story. Obviously, there's a couple thousand books following yeah, this. I'm not apparently. sure how deep this is going to go. But this plot itself, it takes a while to get going, but it's not boring before it gets going because you're learning characters. They're good characters. They're mm. written characters, so you stay engaged with it. And you learn more about the lore, background, all the planets, the families, all that good stuff. And then once it really gets moving and, like, the Atreides are attacked by the... What's it called again? The Sardaukar. <laughs> Sardaukar. Sardaukar. That's whenever things really start to pick up. And honestly, that's only 30 minutes of the movie, I'd say. Mm. And it's the last 30 minutes. But it's intense and much more fast-paced and quicker. Yeah. Definitely a good end, climactic end to the movie. Overall, I think... Obviously, it's beautiful. It sets up everything well, like mm. you said, on a huge scale. It feels like it is actually that big. Yeah. The story requires it to be. And as far as the production, beautiful. Yeah. Incredibly well-written to be able to, like, keep it this boring but still, like, entertaining. Yeah, engaging. Yeah. I thought it was good. I think... This is... I don't know if this... And as we watch... Because I, I smoke the tobacco and so I feel like most of the movies we watch like they're good Mm -hmm. you know but they're nothing incredible they're like smoking a cigarette right Mm -hmm. I feel like this movie is like smoking a really nice cigar like you really have to stop and think about it and pay attention and like be in that moment Mm -hmm. and that's not something that you want to do all the time sometimes you just want to have fun and watch a movie and this isn't one that you can do that with like you you really need to be paying attention you can't be on your phone yeah Yeah. because like down at my phone for like 30 seconds and I was like, Jesus Christ, I have no idea what's happening anymore. Absolutely, I had very similar experience. It's a very dense movie, but the thing is, I think that... It's not a background movie. Yeah, I think that it, that quality of it made me like it more, Mm -hmm. because that's what I feel like with most of the movies we watch, like, they're not bad, but they're not that good, and I just am not very excited. I'm not into them. I don't want to pick them apart, because there's not much there. So, you know, like, it's fun, but it's not really my thing. Yeah, like, we just... Before recording this movie, we just watched the proposal. Yeah, like, there's which not much is a to that. Movie, like, but we were both on our phones the whole time. Yeah, but still enjoying a fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah, like it's fun. It's yeah. just not anything insane, you know. And it's like this one's a. This movie's almost like a challenge. Like, yeah, you can't pick up. You have to dig into it. it. Yeah. yeah, you have to sit there and watch the whole thing. And I and I like that about it. I think that it's. It's fun to see a movie that is willing to take its time and stays with that idea of, like, 
we need to get some points across. There's stuff that you as the audience need to know, and we're going to make sure that you know it. You know, obviously, we're going to make the movie as entertaining as possible, but we're not just going to, like, throw in a joke or throw in an action scene or throw in a whatever to make sure that everybody's awake. You know, like, we're going to tell you the story that we want to tell you, and it's up to you to pay attention. Like, it treats you like you're not an idiot, and I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Also, something we haven't really talked about, all the performances in this movie are really good. Really good. Yeah, like, the characters are not that dynamic, but they are written to be muted, kind of, Mm -hmm. and it can be difficult to pull that off, actually, and it's very well acted by everybody, especially Timothy. Charlemagne. (laughs) Yeah, and Oscar Isaac. Yeah. He's great. I'm sad that he's dead. I liked his character and the beard put Josh Brolin in anything it's pretty good fucking love Josh Brolin dude. Yeah. that's the other thing too is that like they all matched tones very well with their performance like since the characters were more stilted and like a little more dry nobody was like overacting like even the characters that necessarily you know like a guy like Josh Brolin has a very specific style but he like fit into the world really really well right. and I think that is like a great performance just because he doesn't stand out. He blends into the ensemble of the movie really Although, well. in a way, Jason Momoa is just being Jason Momoa. Yeah. But he's also one of those guys who, like, can't really do much else. Yeah. Other than, like, Cal Drogo, every character he's played is just Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> Even Aquaman is just Jason <laughs> Momoa. Basically. Yeah. Which is dope. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Overall, though, what are your thoughts, man? Colonel's does. What do you think? So, Uh-oh. I think this might be one of the best movies we've watched. Um, I mean, out of all the stuff that we've watched, I think that A Quiet Place Part Two and The so, Suicide Squad are two of my favorites yeah, currently. Sure. I think, I think Quiet Place Part Two still outranks this, just because it's Absolutely. like a different concept and it's all execution based and it's it's a whole experience. That like it's incredible. Yeah, it's its own. It's in its own class. The first one's better. <laughs> um, but I think this, other than I'm gonna give it four kernels, mm-hmm. I think that I it. From you. I think it definitely has room to improve. But I like that they picked what story they were gonna tell. They stuck with it. They kept the pacing, however it was. Like they made it flow and it worked. And all the scenes were so dense, and they were getting so much done. They were like. For as slow-paced as this movie is, it's very efficiently written. Mm. Like, characters are telling you so many things all the time. And, like, if you're paying attention, then you're getting, like, exposition. You're getting world-building. You're getting character traits all portrayed in, like, short conversations. It's it's extremely good. And even though it does fall short in some places, I think that this is probably the best movie of the year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's that's my opinion. I know that me and you have different opinions on things. What? No. Way. And I do under, and I do understand this isn't everybody's cup of tea like slower paced, dense movies like this with like more flat, I guess you could say characters. That's not everybody's thing and I get that. So, I'm not saying that like if you don't like this movie you're wrong, but all I'm saying is that even if you <laughs> even if you don't enjoy it or if you don't like it, there are like some objective qualities There's like that you can say that like you can say that this movie is well made even though I don't like it yeah so four kernels from me your turn go I agree with pretty much of the year I think I thought it was a good movie overall probably everything you said to a lesser degree in my eyes so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with probably and I do 
realize that this is a popular score for both of us to give, but three kernels. Three kernels. Yeah. I mean, no, I get I it. think it deserves the actual three kernels, not just, like, saying, like, oh, it was good, but not great. No, I, I accurately, on, like, my scale, three kernels, basically. Yeah. Like, they're denying that it was good, but it's not, like, an all-time favorite for me. Yeah. Yeah. Play seriously. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Uh, get some friends so you can all sit in the in the quiet and be scared together. And listen to the Colonels and Duds episode on it right now. Hell yeah! yeah. Even and, spookier. <laughs> and then, honestly, this movie makes me excited for the second one mm-hmm. because a lot of the slow pacing and the world building and the setup has already been done. Yeah. So the second movie can just be all Completely gas. Completely agreed. Whenever this comes out, like the second one. It's going to be fantastic to watch the full, like, six-hour, probably, movie. <laughs> yeah, bro. With part one and part two together. It's kind of, like, going a little bit off-topic. Like, remember how, like, whenever uh, Fantastic Beasts and The Crimes of Grindelwald came out, everybody was hating on it so much, yada, yada, yada. It was okay. Like, don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was great. It was okay. It wasn't as bad as everyone says, but I feel like once the entire series is going to be out, mm-hmm. it's not going to feel that bad. Yeah. Like, this is a piece of a story that is a whole story, and you're basically judging it on a half, or in that case, a fifth of mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. So the whole story needs to be told to get a full grasp of what it is and the full quality of it. I get that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Like, I feel like this movie... <sighs> It's, it's so weird. I keep comparing it to the prequels. That's just the thing that, that it reminds me of the most. It's like... What they want it to be. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. if the prequels were good, they would have been a lot like Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like the, the anti-Phantom Menace to me. Like, it's slow-paced, and a lot of it is just people talking about shit and walking around. But it's good, whereas the Phantom Menace is kind of poopy until, like, the end in Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Um... Who's so, yeah. the best Phantom out of all Phantoms? Uh, Danny, number Daniel. one. Daniel Fantle. Um, Check us out next week for a Phantom ranking episode. <laughs> 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 no spoilers, but Danny's number one. You know, it's been so long since I've seen that show, yeah, dude. dude. I can't. They also even... had like a really fun game on the Disney website for. Um, dude. Dune is good. Dune is good. You should watch it, Thanks but only. <laughs> oh shit! Dune is good, but only if you have the time to sit down and really dissect it. Don't and watch it because you guys will be really fucking confused. Yep. It's it's hard to follow. It really is. All right. Anyways, tell your friends about us. Yeah, for real. Thanks for listening. Get that traffic up. Um, Make us rich. We say ratings on Apple Podcasts help with the algorithm. Apparently. I'm saying things that I don't understand because I've heard other people say Smash them. Smash that like button. Hit yeah. the subscribe button and click that bell to get notifications. About- Available wherever you get your podcasts. Shadow- <laughs> All right. I think on this comeback episode. Ooh, welcome back, everybody. There's only one thing left to say. Yeah.